ceiling is the roof. Studio 41 Radio on 97.1 The Freak and the Mavs YouTube channel. We got Bobby Corelli here joined by my boss, Mike Marshall. Mike, how's your Saturday going? Is it Saturday? Yes. We use time travel? Yep. Uh, fantastic. I assume I'm prepping for Toronto? Uh, yes. Yep. In a matter okay. of hours. Yeah. In a matter of hours, Mike. Serge Ibaka and the guys? Still on the Raptors. Yep. Uh, he is still yeah. famously Marcus Gasol, yeah. uh, Kawhi Leonard. Let's all those guys dub. are still there. Yeah. Uh, the defending champs. Uh-huh. So uh, the ceiling is the roof. Normally a pod that we do whenever something either really good or mm-hmm. really bad has happened. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not one to say w- whether it's really good or really <laughs> bad right now. I guess that's for the, the fans the to decide. Triggered. <laughs> yeah. We put the bat signal up in the sky, which yeah. is Jordan with like a bottle of Hennessy on his side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like, that's the bat it's signal. Time. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. positions. We got to make it happen. Yeah. Um, Keep moving. And, uh, you know, so I guess it's just a little bit of a vibe check for the next hour. Mm-hmm. What's going on? What is happening? And then a little later, we'll talk about is it working or not? And if so, how do you, you know. Can you do anything about it? Yeah. If it's not working, right? Yeah, I got a wrench and a screwdriver. Yeah. That's the, the sink. The w- it's leaking. Mm. You got the tools to fix it or, or no? Can you fix a sink with a wrench and a screwdriver? Uh, if it's a screw, yeah. Have you ever? How many, how many sinks have you fixed before? I'm not a big plumbing guy. Okay. Um, I can fix a lot of stuff. You know anything uh, about porcelain? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh uh-uh. uh. I can weld on you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can do a they little teach you that in, uh, at, in, in the Sherman area. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. It was, there was an ag class. Uh, <laughs> nice. You learn how to, uh, I guess there's rod welding and then there's MIG welding, different things. Um, would work on you. I'll fix a car on you. If wow. You, okay. If, as long as it's not like the, the engine, the main part of the engine. But yeah, I'm pretty handy. Well, Jason Kidd said himself that Luca is like a car. He wants to touch the car and Did he? sort of see what's under the hood. In my first like two or three years, I never missed a post game <laughs> like press conference. I don't know if I've watched one or listened to one in forever. Well, no. There's been some cryptic stuff happening lately. Really? Yeah. Last year was mostly good vibes. Okay. This year, yeah. You know, I listened to <laughs> Javale's on the day. I listened to Javale's the other night, which was interesting. Yeah, that one was cryptic yeah, too. That one was weird. Yeah. There's um, a, there's a whole lot of stuff going on right now. But yeah, I'm gonna predict we uh we beat Boston. Tomorrow, okay. tonight, uh, three days ago, three days ago, and now we are 10 and seven, and we made a million catch and shoot shots. Okay, Doe specifically, and Reggie and Tim. So, all of this is probably gonna be irrelevant by Saturday, but mm. um, yeah, I just wanted to lay out the uh, the theory of the case. This is like whenever we do ceiling in the roof, ceiling is the roof. Um, it's kind of like higher level. Um, what's happening? What are the statistics telling you? What is the DNA of this team? Um, so zooming out. Yeah, zooming out a little bit and just jumping into not, hey, someone got seven minutes in the second half last night, jumping into like, okay, what are the larger themes? What is this team about? Um, is that good enough to get them to where they think they should go, right? Can you live up to the expectation with what you're laying out there? And so nine and seven at this moment, I don't think that's quite up to par. Um, but there have been, if you want to make an excuse for that, there have been a lot of clutch games. So looking at what this team is now after this offseason post jb um what adjb mm, <laughs> yeah. yeah now now that he decided to take his uh his talents to new york and get you know uh back page headlined every afternoon um whether they win or lose um not 
I'm not sour about that at all. Yeah, but I'm not. E- I don't even. I'm kind of over it actually. Yeah, so it doesn't even matter. Moved to me. on. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely not gonna make another album about it ten years from now, like Taylor Swift or anything. I haven't checked the box score. Yeah, nothing. Hey, I don't care how you're doing. I just yeah. hope you're healthy and fine. Family's doing well, but mm. yeah, especially the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What about the family? Yeah, to mm. your family. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so Jalen leaves over the off season, and he was obviously a big part of what got them to the Western Conference Finals last year. Um. And so the main thing that left to me um, and the main thing you had to answer for and address immediately is how many drives are, are you taking offensively? Like that's the thing he did that kind of changed this offense, right? Is how many efficient drives of the basketball to the hoop per game. And you can, you know, say personality stuff and steady hand and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. The stuff that's going to show up in the box score and in the, you know, advanced ad- analytics is – you're driving the ball to the basket six fewer times a bas- uh, a game right now. Um, so what happens in those possessions? Who's replacing Jalen? Spencer is the obvious like replacement, quote-unquote, because he's in the starting lineup. But to me, what you've done is you've created an offense and, and a whole unit at this point right now where the margins are so incredibly thin night to night where, I mean, you can see it if you just turn on the final three minutes of every game. It's a five-point game, one way or the other, right? And so the margins are very thin unless you're knocking down every single three that is presented to you, and then we win by 25, and it's a laugher. So your variance is – it sounds like I'm saying opposite opposite things. Your variance on a night-to-night is humongous, depending on your shot-making ability. Because by getting – by eliminating that driving aspect and by eliminating a third guy who, especially in Jalen's case, was very efficient, Mm -hmm. you are – uh, taking away consistent elements of something. You are yep. making something more unstable. Yes. We're heading toward the right side. I don't mean the correct side. Mm-hmm. The right end of the periodic table of the elements, Mike. Yeah. Things are getting weird. Combustible Yes. elements over there. So, Which could be good. Yeah. Can be good. It could also can melt be good. Your, uh, your whole Yeah, thing. or it can be bad for a little while, and then you learn how to use it. And it's fine, right? But 52 drives a game last year, which Luca's going to lead the league in that or be top three. So he's the, he's the constant in all this. And I'm not going to dive too much into what Luca does or what he's been doing because, to me, um, if you have a player that is playing at his level, it is now on the coach, the GM, to find a way to get that guy to the conference finals and finals every season. It's so easy for people to go like, oh, he's almost perfect. Let me nitpick the ways he's not perfect. And, you know, kill hours and segments doing that. That's not super interesting to me. They do matter. They do matter. But he is, he, most nights he is what he is. Mm-hmm. He is um, the most drives to the basket per game in the league. Uh, he's going to shoot, you know, somewhere between 30 and 35% from three. We've learned now for large stretches of the season. And the free throw shooting, I guess, can like bounce back and forth. But that stuff, that's who he is, which is one of the best offensive engines in basketball. Now, if you want to talk about, hey, let's get back on defense a couple more times a game, like, okay, let's talk about that. Mm. Um, or, you know, better body language for a lot of the game. Like, we can talk about that kind of stuff. But what he is offensively and what he brings to a basketball team, I don't think is debatable and not, not that interesting at this point besides it being like superhero level. So I focus on the other stuff, right? So... 52 drives last year, 46 this season. So what does that tell you automatically? The ball's not going at the hoop and a dribble penetration style 
as often as it was last season. Which is important because not only, again, does it lead to easy points at the basket, but also how many times last year, well, you wouldn't have heard it because you, you're a press conference skipper. Po- post-game I listened, I mean, uh, post-season I listened to. Yeah, how many times did the players and the coaches say last year, the ball has to touch the paint? Mm-hmm. Because not That's only the, does it give you a chance at a layup, but you're also doing some, you're making yeah. somebody else on the defense move. Yeah, you're stressing the defense out. Mm-hmm. You're forcing a rotation that they didn't want to make you're making somebody else stop the ball, which in turn either makes you one pass or two passes away from a wide open shot. That's basketball. That's the theory of modern basketball, right? Um, it's that you can create a better shot with five people moving the ball than you can with one person touching the ball and it going up. For every action, there is an opposite and equal reaction. Yeah, right. If absolutely. You're, if you have this very inert offense, mm-hmm. the defense doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. But if you're probing and prodding and sort mm-hmm. of just hanging around on the uh, yeah. on the edges, then the defense has to react to that. If you can stress them out and make them either jump out of their scheme or jump out of their character quickly in the game, which is what Luca was so good at in the playoffs last season, it was like, I think a lot of teams went into the playoffs last year or the you know, teams we played with, let Luca do whatever he wants. If he scores 100 points, that's fine, but it's all going to be in ISOs. But then you get like 10 possessions in, and you fouled him four times, and he's gotten to the free throw line, and he's scored on nine of them, and you're like, okay, crumple that up, that's gone. Let's do the second. Yeah, thing. and the other guys are are like mad. Yeah, too, yeah, you know, it's a physical, it's a physical and like emotional reaction you have whenever you start getting cooked by a dude that you're like, he's not faster than me, he's not stronger than me. Like, why is this happening? Look at Denver the other night. Mavs, nobody can stay in front of Bones Highland, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden it's just like every single time down the floor you're like. You're white yeah. knuckling, and you're yeah. just like, "Oh my God!" Right? You know, stop this guy. You do something out of character. Yeah, and that's and maybe even jump out of your shell defense. And well, we're not doing that anymore. Every time he gets the ball, double him, and then he's pretty smart at detecting that and getting the ball moving. You know, making the ball hot. But what you've done in and it's not even like your choice to let Jalen go. But when Jalen left, and you're you're driving the ball six fewer times a game now, and his twenty two drives at the basket are gone, is you're creating a team that relies way more on jump shooting, right? And whether you think, whatever you think about modern basketball, um, it is predicated largely on jump shooting, like making three-pointers, name of the game, right? So we shoot 40 a game. Uh, We're a slow team, so that's like half of our offense. It is almost Um, half their field goal attempts total. Yeah. 40 out of 83 are from three. Yes, and these margins are like, it's one shot a game at this point. And it's one trip to the free throw line at this point. How many times in the game we sit there and I, oh, we lost by one. Remember when we went one for five from the free throw line for those couple minutes? And it's like this weird like sinking feeling where like guys that aren't bad at free throws will start missing them after somebody has an offer. And it's just, I don't know. It's a weird thing that's going on right now, but you're not a good free throw shooting team. You're not a good three-point shooting team despite shooting a lot of them. Sandwich right in between Houston and Orlando, for reference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't really want to copy anything they're doing yeah. right now. I mean, Jamal Mosley's great. Shout and out Steven, Steven Silas. Steven yeah. Silas are great, and they're going places eventually. Right now, that's not where you want to be as a Western Conference Finals contender, right? Um, and so what's happening once you dig into the numbers just a little bit is you realize that the catch-and-shoot aspect of our offense is broken. Um, and it's mainly, it's everybody but Spencer Dinwiddie at this point, 
right, in the starting unit, and Dwight doesn't shoot him, so you can pin that down, and you can also look at Tim Hardaway Jr.'s numbers early in the season, and he's not quite back to what we expect from Tim, right? So, Maxi, same thing. Yeah, Maxi, and the games that he's played, his catch-and-shoot numbers are really bad as well, right? So it's across the board, and the thing is, it keeps happening on the same nights, right? And so Reggie, Doe, Tim, Maxi will all be off on their catch-and-shoot attempts on a night, even though they're getting good looks, right? And so games in which just one of them has an average or above-average game, we win. Yeah. When Doe... <laughs> Reggie made three <laughs> shots against the Clippers, yeah. and they won. Yes, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, just make more than A3, yeah. and we win this game. Because yeah, these guys are going to combine, you know, and not trying to pick on them, mm-hmm. they will all eventually, you know, yeah. they'll all eventually get it going. They're going like three for 14, yes. or two for 15, like extremely, extremely empty. Mm-hmm. You cannot do that because because and you know this is important obviously if you make a shot you score points which Mm -hmm. is important but if you miss a shot the other team gets the ball and they get to go down in transition and to create that shot Luca's driven to the basket and he's kicked it out and now he's out of bounds under the basket because his momentum took him so now you're playing like four on three the other way and you have two guys in the corner who can't get back Mm -hmm. you're really playing like four on two you're getting scored on almost every time yep that's, so every single one of these misses is like a five-point swing. That's that's a great point and something people don't talk about enough in basketball is the connectivity between how your offensive possession ended and now what situation you are in defensively, right? I feel like in football, it's so easy to understand because there's field position. You start at this point. If your offense leaves you in a lurch, the punt isn't going very far, and you have shorter to go. Basketball's the same thing, and no one ever talks about it. Like, Few people in the league or few people that cover the teams are talking about off of a miss or off of a late shot clock attempt, right? Um, But that's what happens. Luka is under the basket, and you're creating a foot race to the other end of the court, which is, it starts as a five on four, right? And if someone else doesn't turn and get back as well, then you're talking five on three, and Luka is an incredible athlete and great at a lot of things, Foot race is not a thing that I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking he's going to be best in the league at. Yeah. So you're creating that situation. So if you're not making it, it's most likely long rebound, right? It's coming off the backboard and it's going the other way and they're in a fast break situation. And he hasn't been very good about getting back in defense and thinking that he can affect that possession this season. Um, and the so, difference between fast break and half court is usually 0.2 to 0.3 points per possession, mm-hmm. which for one possession, not a big deal. No. But for 25 possessions is yep. an extremely big deal. I mean, that's, you know, that's five, mm-hmm. 10 points throughout yep. the game. Yeah. And so I guess the positive, if you want to spin it this way, is I don't think the shot quality is good. If you replicate this over and over and over and over, you're going to have a very good offense. Most likely. Top 10 shot quality in the league right now. Yeah. Most likely. That's going to work out well for you. But what's happening right now is guys are impacting the shot quality so negatively to where it leaves their hand and the ball has a negative 6% chance of going in or a negative 14 in some instances, right? And so they're getting good looks and they are not hitting them. So offensively, I don't think there needs to be that many adjustments besides the idea of who's driving the ball to the basket if it's not Luke. Spencer's doing okay. I think he's like top 50 or 60. Or I think he's 64th in the league, which maybe crank that up a 
little bit, a few, few less. Uh, you know, I think that Houston game alone dropped them like fifteen yeah, places. Yeah. Honestly, right. Then second night of a back to back, and maybe he'll not play those moving forward. I don't know, but they need some kind of juice from somebody because if you take your two highest drive guys off the court, what's happening then? But yeah. right. Yeah. And so you got to have an answer for who's getting in the paint, who's touching the paint. Because if Luca's not doing it and Spencer's not doing it as much as Jalen, where does that leave your offense? Shot quality is still good. Shot creation, I think, is still pretty good. But you're doing it six fewer times a game. And so who's going to fill that role? I don't know if they have an answer right now. I don't know if that guy's on the roster right now. I don't know if that's asking Spencer to do things that are different from what he's been really good at, right? Christian Wood drives the ball a lot, but that also leads to a lot of offensive fouls, a lot of turnovers, a lot of live ball turnovers. So I don't think he's the answer on driving the ball to the basket, and he's playing, you know, 25 minutes a night. So the guy that is going to drive the ball to the hoop consistently, I don't think he's on the roster yet, unless they want to start playing Composo a lot of minutes. Or Jaden Hardy. or yeah. I mean, McKinley Wright is also having a really good year, but do you want to rely on those guys? Right. I think the this is a something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is I don't know if you need a guy that is going to do it consistently. Like, I don't know if you need a guy that's going to do it 20 times a game like Jalen did, or if you need, now I don't know if the players on the roster can just flip a switch and just start doing this, but you need more dynamic players that Luke is kicking the ball out to. Mm -hmm. So for sure, you know, the wizards game, Kyle Kuzma Mm -hmm. put the ball on the floor. He scored 30 points because he was just attacking closeouts all game. Mm -hmm. And then he heated up later and started doing some, you know, ISO stuff. It's just like if you kick it out to Dorian, it's not just is the shot there. If not, pass mm-hmm. back to Luca. Mm-hmm. It's attack the closeout. It's yeah. you know maybe go between the legs and then pull up. It's get to the basket and do something. Hit him with the floater. You know and you know Reggie in particular, Maxi in particular are two guys that don't really attack closeouts. Dorian's mm-hmm. getting better at it. Tim will do it, uh, but you just need more guys like that. Mm-hmm. More guys that can do something with the ball other than catch and shoot, or immediately hot potato it back. Yep. Josh Green, hot potatoed the heck out of the ball last year. Yeah. Now all of a sudden he's starting to get a little bit of, a little bit of something. Right. You know? that, that, that's the best answer I have right now is Josh Green. Mm. More minutes for Josh Green. Now that he is knocking down threes and guys have to play out and close out on him hard, can you put the ball on the deck and get to the basket without throwing it at someone's feet, which is kind of what he did his first couple of years, mm. right? Like Josh started dribbling the ball and I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Sometimes he'd find it. Yeah. Every know? once in a while he'd, he'd get it. But what but, we're looking for is consistency. Yeah. No, just go liability. At, go at the rack, jump as high as you can jump and try and score the point, Josh. Like the defense has been scrambled. Go. Mm. This is the best opportunity you're going to have. But that's not necessarily his DNA either, right? He's not a dribble package guy or a secondary move guy. He's a straight line speed, bouncy athlete. Um, he's gotten better at dropping the ball off to a big when the when the opposing big commits to him. But and at finishing too, he's yeah. going up and finishing. Yeah, yeah. And so he's the best answer I have right now, which makes me think that that's not a good enough answer. Which makes me think that you're a move away from getting a drive guy if that is something critical in your eyes. Jason Kidd, Nico Harrison, right? Or just ask Spencer, hey man, can you just get in the paint more? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a lot to ask of a guy that only drives it like 16 times a game. Or to... ask Luca. Yeah. Um, I mean, the difference between Luca and Shea is Shea will drive like oh, eight or ten more times he'll do a it. game. He'll do it until you throw up. Yeah. 
Luca in the playoffs will do that mm-hmm. until it breaks you. Regular season, and that's the other thing that I think is like kind of flying around is this team was kind of constructed to uh, to be better in the playoffs and to have depth at different positions where they don't get out rebounded, where the other team's big doesn't kill them on a night, or they're not spotting five negative five rebounds, right? Well, that's great if you're built for the postseason. You still got to get through the 82, mm-hmm. right? And so it's going to get better. They're not going to shoot 34%, I don't think, for this season. They aren't going to shoot this poorly on catch-and-shoot opportunities. But if you're not making your free throws and you're not adjusting quicker on defense, which I'd love to have like just like a minute with Sean Sweeney and just ask, like, hey, when a guy starts cooking, what's your, like, throw the you know parachute up? Like, when, 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 mm-hmm. when is it? Do you want to see what they're doing? Are you wanting them to tell you so you can counter it effectively? Um, you know, get counter intel? Or is it immediately start double-teaming a guy? So the margins are thin. You're not making catch-and-shoot shots. These guys are good NBA players that can do that. I think it'll bounce back, but that's why you're 9-7 and seven at this moment. You're creating clutch situations every game that just don't need to exist if you make multiple threes a game. Doe, Reggie, Maxi, all the other guys, right? Got to make your shots. You have to. That's really what this comes down to. Now, it's yeah. an, also important to remember, too, they're 9-7. and seven. Maybe they're 10-7. and seven. You know, maybe yeah. they're 9-8. and eight, But, hey, they're still over 500. Um, they started the year last year playing kind of weird, and then it clicked. Maybe it'll click. Maybe it won't. But coming up next, we're going to talk about what is working. Maybe we're going to talk about what isn't working and how you keep the stuff that is working working and how you make the stuff that isn't working Start to work. I uh, got my wrench and my screwdriver, and we'll do that uh, coming up next on The Ceiling is the Roof. Welcome back to The Ceiling is the Roof. If you're listening on the radio, coming up next, we got the corner three with me and Katya. Really, it's more of like a baseline two. If you're watching on YouTube, hey, you can listen to us on the radio. And also, if you listen to the radio, you can watch us on YouTube, too. There's all sorts mm-hmm. of uh, multi-platform, um, multimedia content Energy, happening. yeah. Yep. Where my Tumblr head's at. That, is Tumblr making a comeback, Mike? I think it's it might be making to, a comeback. Yeah. We, we might be to. back, baby. We might yeah. be back. There's one key ingredient missing from Tumblr that led to its demise, but we'll see what happens. Um, we're in the new age now. Uncharted territory. That's all I'm, I'm going to say about that, Mike. Okay. All right. So we talked about what's going on. Sounds good. Now we got to talk about how, how the good things can keep going on and how the mm-hmm. other stuff can maybe not. Are the good times really over for good? Um, yeah, so this is a segment that I wrote on my little uh, Google Doc here. I'm a pro. Mm. Uh, is this working? Can you do crap about it? Okay. If not, right? All right. So you have to host all these shows. So I don't know if you get all your takes out. Mm. So I just want to draw some takes out of you. Okay. Uh, as your boss, this is like the interview portion on the spot what here. are you bad at you know this is that part of the, I just the interview. So yeah much. i just care i'm just too clean yeah. i'm just like a clean freak um yeah so uh different categories is this working can you do crap about it if not right so um number one is pretty generic and we talked about it a, a touch uh previous segment on the radio and on youtube and on tumblr um overall style of play do you like it is it working if not can you do anything about it at this point? Overall style of play, 
this Pace, year. Defense, all that kind of yeah. all that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll start with offense. Overall style of play this year and last year, especially after the trade. Mavs were the number one ISO team in terms of volume. And also they were like top five in terms of efficiency. This year I haven't checked. I would assume they're probably not top five. They're probably top half at least, but they're still number one or number two in frequency, I would imagine. A little stagnant for me. However, given the given the strengths and limitations, it's not like, you know, I would love for Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith to attack the basket more, but when they're at their best, they're excellent shooters. So, like, keep shooting. So this fits the skill set of the players you have. If you try to become free-flowing Warriors offense, it's not going to happen. You know, so this is probably the best way to play with what you've got. I think maybe if you shuffle lineups and stuff, maybe you can get a little more dynamicism. But in, I mean, with what you have, I think that this is this is the way to play. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Yep, basically what you're saying. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do about it right now. I mean, Luca's gonna have the ball in his hands and he's gonna play slow. Um, and you're creating good looks at this moment. Just make your shots. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, here's here's the stat of the season so far. Mavs have played. 16 games overall, 13 of them have counted as clutch game. Mm-hmm. Clutch game, last five, five minutes five of fourth quarter overtime, and the score is within five points either way. In those 13 games, the Mavs are 7-6. and six. In the seven wins, 15 of 27 from three during clutch time. In the six losses, 0 for 16 mm. from three. 0 for 16. Mm. You can't do much worse than that. Just like you can't do much better than 15 of 27. That's 55%. That's really, really good. But 0%, and you think of how many times. I mean, at the buzzer, Luka's missed threes in four losses, I think. Mm -hmm. New Orleans, Phoenix. Well, he missed a shot at OKC. It wasn't. Yeah, and then Denver. The one against OKC was a two, but 0 for 16. You make one three in any of those games. And in seven. And you win. Mm -hmm. You make... One three in multiple games, and you win both. Of, like these are the margins you're dealing with. So you know you have to make shots. Yeah, you just have to make shots. Yeah, I mean I'd like to see the ball touch the the paint quite a bit more as we talked last segment, but I don't know if you're built to do that right now. Um, and you brought up the primary theme of style of play for me is can you win games if you're not hitting threes in the fourth? The answer is no. Yeah. You can't. You got to hit at least one. And they didn't really last year either. Yeah. You know, a lot of the games they won, it's because somebody got hot late. Yeah. And, but that is that's the nature of yeah the style of play. Yeah. And if that or if that first one, if they run their offense and the first one he kicks out the dough, and the clutch situation, and he knocks it down, I'm like they're just gonna make the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. But it, then if he misses it's this it, contagious effect. If he yeah. misses it for some reason, it's just like momentum's not real, but it it, it exists. Yeah. And that Denver right? loss, for example, they missed I think their last five threes of the game. Yeah. And yeah. Again, you know, zero for five is really bad. One for five is still bad, but you yeah. would have won. Yeah. You know, so like I'm, we're not asking for much here. Yeah. Yeah. So, is it working overall style of play? Kinda. Can mm. you do anything about it? Nope. Yeah. Not really. Not right now. I mean, February 9th, maybe you can. Yeah. You know, but right. I mean, we're that's that's thinking of long yeah. term. Yeah. For sure. Uh, next category, starting lineup. Is it working? Can you do anything about it? I, I, I don't know the net rating off the top of my head. They're positive like five or something. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say it feels like they're about neutral. Mm-hmm. They've gotten off to some bad starts, especially in the second half. 
uh, since moving to Dwight. But, I mean, JaVale had the audition there, and it wasn't really working with him. Obviously, you're starting Dorian. You're starting Luca for sure. I guess Reggie is now kind of the, do you start Josh Green instead of him, or do you start Josh Green instead of Spencer? But then it's very Luca heavy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you start Josh Green at this point anyway. Um, I don't know if it's working. I, I think that since since the move to Dwight at, at the five, the starting lineup has not been what's costing them games at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the bench is just either like shooting 80% or shooting 10%. Uh, and that's I think that's the issue is reliable bench offense. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the starting lineup against Houston was very bad. Luka didn't play in that game, so we're talking with Luka. I don't know. I guess the, the starting lineup is sort of working. Um, can you do anything about it? I guess the big move would be to put Wood in the starting lineup. I think we've seen that they don't necessarily want Luka and Wood to be on the floor against starters. Mm-hmm. That might make sense I think, <laughs> yeah. uh, defensively, yeah. but... Who knows? Maybe, yeah. maybe at some point that will be the thing. Um, I have reason to believe that it could work. I have plenty of reason to believe that it wouldn't either. So that's the change. Would it fix it? No idea. Yeah. No idea. In a vacuum, starting lineup is working. They're winning their minutes. Are they winning them big enough to counteract the other stuff that's going on? Where if Christian Wood isn't scoring 20 points and a half, you're kind of taking an L from the bench unit? Right now, no, because you're 9-7, and seven, right? And you're allowing teams to claw back in when the starting lineup is not there or sometimes in the third quarter when they are out there. Mm. Um, so, And you do have multiple starters really struggling. Too. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, really struggling. I think, I think it's working. It's working. Third quarter version of starting lineup is not working. Um, can you do anything about it right now? I mean... I'm going to give it another week because these are professional athletes who have proven to me that they can play pretty well as starters. Uh, I'm going to give Reggie number one another week or two, and then I'll start thinking about, does Josh Green need to mm. go out there and you know raise hell in the first quarter instead of you know the last five minutes of the first quarter? Let's see. Um, so what – I guess I'll save uh, – so what is the starting lineup in April? One more for the closing lineup. Closing lineup. <laughs> is it working? No. What do you do about it? Um, it's not working, but there hasn't been a closing lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done it with Maxi. They've done it with Wood. They've done it with Dwight. Um, they've done it with Josh Green. They've done it without him. They've done it with Tim. They've done it without him. They've done it with Maxi. They've done it without him. They've done it with Spencer. They've done it without him. I mean. The only two players that have closed every game, Luca and Dorian. Mm-hmm. That's it. Everyone else is always hot hand, which there's two schools of thought, right? You either ride with the hot hand, mm-hmm. who got us here, let's stick with them, or you go with the guys that you trust, the guys that have done it before. Earlier in the year, Kid was going with the guys that he trusted. They were losing. Now he's going with the hot hand, and they're losing those two. So it's – it's not who's on the floor. It's can they just make one shot? I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking one shot. But in a lot of these games that they've lost, they have failed to protect leads. So this starts with defense more than offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's much easier to defend after you've scored. So we've already talked about that that relationship. But it's also a lot harder to score if you're giving up a basket every time. Their clutch defense has just not been good. 
even when it's all the defenders on the floor, even when it's Dorian, Reggie, and Maxi, or Josh Green out there too. Like you have to get stops, and they have just been unable to get enough stops in crunch time. Yeah, the closing lineup is not working, and it has not been this exact lineup versus that exact lineup. But, and I think they're obviously looking for answers because a negative thirteen point six net rating in clutch situations, five minutes. Uh, five points or whatever. Is what's their defense? Are they thirtieth. Uh, I'm looking at their specifics. I'm okay. not looking at overall okay. NBA. But yeah, it's and the offenses will drag that down pretty substantially. Um, I think at some point you're gonna start asking the question of how do I get the five best players on the court to end the game, and five best players on the team right now: Luca, Spencer, Josh Green, Doe, and Christian Wood. Mm-hmm. Can I end a game with that lineup? Is that good enough? Is the offense and the juice that they can bring enough to sustain defensively? Because the defense, if you look at all the metrics, the numbers are going to tell you it's fine. Overall, for an entire game, and whenever things start getting into the fourth quarter right now, as someone that's watched every game, I don't feel like it's fine. There halves in which the Clippers will score 33 points or something like that, and that skews your metrics so far that it's like, oh, on the whole, it looks fine. I don't feel fine about it. Mm-hmm. So if that's not fine, if you don't have the constant of a good defense that's going to put the clamps on them, then what are we doing these lineups for? What are we keeping Christian Wood out of the lineup for, mm-hmm. right? And they're trying to figure it out. This is a This is, you know, 16 games in, this is data collection, Right now, you're one-fifth of the season through this thing. You're trying to figure out how you get your best self forward in April. So I get it if they're trying things. And Maxi being out, obviously, is a key piece. I don't want to overrate that or overvalue that. But um, it's not working. It's obviously not working, the closing lineup. What do you do about it? And what is it in April? It's going to be different. Mm. It has to be different. It cannot because there's been so many variations of it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's like three phases of the season or four something. Just Let's use holidays as the benchmark, mm-hmm. right? So you get to Thanksgiving, you've played 15, 20 games. You're just kind of seeing what's happening. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving to Christmas, it's Vibe like, all right. Check. Yeah, you're checking the vibes. Thanksgiving to Christmas, it's like, I have a pretty good idea of what we need to do, and let's now, like, sample this for another month and see if this is the right way to go. And then if it's still not working or if it is working by Christmas, then you're like, okay, from Christmas to Valentine's Day, trade deadline, all-star break, whatever, that's when you're like, this is what we need to fix. Mm -hmm. This is what we need to change. We know now that X is not working. We know now that Y is working. This is now our identity. This is how we accentuate that. And they're trying a lot of things. I think that by nature, this team plays – it's it's not really about the big picture with this team right now. It's game to game because offensively, every team is going to defend Luka differently, and so you're reacting to a new thing every game. Mm-hmm. Defensively, every team has the one good player that the Mavs are going to double team or kind of tilt the defense towards. Sometimes it's a wing. Sometimes it's a big. Sometimes it's a guard. Sometimes it's a taller guy, and that changes the way you defend, and so the personnel that you're going to deploy is different. The style of play defensively is different, and so it's just really hard to know big picture what the strengths and weaknesses are because you're thinking about the next 48 minutes 
over and over and over and over again. Yeah, you get trapped in the moment. Every game is a playoff game, Mm -hmm. which is good and bad. It's good because you were going to have a really good game plan or a game plan that you like. It's bad because every game is so different. Every team is so different. You can't just rely on what's you know, mm-hmm. on your on your old basic stuff. Yeah. You're changing all the time. It's it's wild basketball right now. And it feels like we're like LSU football at this moment where every game like something insane's gonna happen. Yeah, just don't know. And you don't you can't predict it and you can't prepare for it, right? Um especially when teams are missing their stars because you yeah. go into Denver thinking, all right, here's how we're gonna defend Jokic. Well Jokic is yeah. gone now. What are you gonna do? Yeah. And then you're using your two to three quarters to collect data to say like, okay, Bones Highland is having a good game. That's what you were saying. At mm-hmm. what point do we like not let Bones play well anymore? Yeah. But by then he's already got twenty five points. Yeah. Like the damage is the damage is done. Right. You know. Yeah. And the the evaluation process of the season and the phases uh, is a really good point because um, we talked about that quite a bit in the former construction of this roster with KP, and you would get to Thanksgiving and you wouldn't know what you are. And then you would get to Christmas and you wouldn't know what you are. And then you get to the trade deadline and you're not sure. And you're kind of looking at stats like, well, with KP and then without KP. And then like, what is this team? And not knowing yourself, no one in life is a problem, Bobby, yeah. for you. Um, but then, I don't have an identity crisis. <laughs> I like chess and Pokemon, dude. But then as a basketball team, it is, it is critical failure. Not knowing your strengths, not knowing your weaknesses and not knowing how to adjust to them. Um, and so that's a large reason why like he doesn't play for the team anymore and why players like that are really difficult to, to scheme around. But in along those lines, on the next category on is it working, uh, can you do crap about it, um, the, the adjustments to what happened in the offseason. Um, Christian Wood minutes, Christian Wood playing, um, him on the court, is that working? Uh, is Spencer in the starting lineup um, working? Is... I think I, I think I know the answer for is JaVale working right now because he's not playing. That's not a knock on him. That's just how it is. Is what you put together roster-wise, talent-wise, is it working? I think that's a complicated question because would the what is the criteria you're using? What you did in this in the summer has so far in the season put you in a position to win every single game. Um but you have only won half of them. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess like maybe the the thought process worked. Um, but in practice, it hasn't yet. Like we're talking one mistake in each game has separated this team from being like nine and seven and like fifteen and one. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking like very small, very small margins here. Um I think that Wood is working because he's putting up a lot of numbers and he's been productive and all of the on-off stuff is good. Maybe it isn't working, though, because he's not playing more. There is a reason why he's not playing more. Maybe it's mysterious. Maybe it's just Luka and Wood is could be kind of iffy defensively. Mm-hmm. Maybe with more reps, they'll get better. Maybe that's what's going to happen over the next month. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But, like, clearly there is some sort of something, yeah. right? Um, Spencer. I think as a starter, he's had some really big games. He's shooting well. But by moving him into the starting lineup, the bench is now very restricted, very dependent on can Tim go five of eight from three 
or can Josh Green career or can Davis Bertans career or can Wood career like you basically are your whole deal is like relies upon one guy just going nuclear. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not what they're pro- that's not what they want to have happen. No. Like you have a bunch of good like Green, Hardaway, Maxi off the bench. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really really good bench group. Yeah. With Spencer running it, that's really good. But it hasn't panned out. Yeah. And so like I don't know. I I don't I I guess incomplete. Like yeah. I don't know. I think the Christian Wood addition is a home run because that was the 26th overall pick. That guy's not playing for you. If you're you just you upped your talent level and your ability to get buckets, to change games. I mean, love Boban, but he was not playing. Uh, Sterling Brown, uh, Trey Burke, Marquise uh, Chris, Marquise Chris, non-factors thus far in the season. Christian Wood, major factor in the season and a huge talent upgrade. And you gave up a very late first in those guys to get it. So think about what you gave up. You want the guy to be, everyone wants, I think there's like the expectations for him is that he's like Tim Duncan already or something. And it's like, no, not just because he's like our new guy. Does that change who he is? But yes, it was, that trade was worth it. Your talent level is way up, right? You got a guy that can own a whole quarter offensively. Uh, And yeah, we can nitpick his defense. And does he fit in 16 games in defensively? Like, okay, let's see where it is in 30 games from now, right? So Thumbs up there. Overall investment in the bigs, to me, necessarily hasn't worked, even as good as Christian Wood has been, because you promised JaVale a starting spot and now he's not playing, right? Yeah. So there can't be any other answer to that except for like, oh, well, that's failed. Yeah, I mean, my honest take is that I'm not sure that that's the area that they needed to upgrade in. Yeah, me too. Same. But also, I I mean, you know, I don't know how, how this all worked. Um, I think... If Jalen is still here, they might have the best record in the NBA. Yeah, and yeah. In which case, you would not have a need for a ball handler. Yeah. So yeah, upgrading the bigs is cool because like you got good wings, you got great guards. So let's yeah. get better at the other thing. Yeah. And so. Yeah. I, I mean, I maybe they. I I don't know. I don't know what happened. Maybe mm-hmm. he was going to go there no matter what. Maybe the front office bungled it. We'll never know. There'll be some book written about it in five years, and right. we'll all know the truth or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime. Like, given the way that this has played out on the court, I don't think the front office is, like, losing them games or whatever. No. Like, they're in a position to literally win every single game that mm-hmm. they've played. They, yeah. they could have and arguably should have won every <laughs> yeah. single game so far. Yeah. Given all of the pro- – even with all the problems, even yeah. with Jalen leaving, even with all that stuff. So it's just, like, you can blame it on the GM, you can blame it on the coach, but also, like, you know – Players play like players got to hit shots. They got to they got to win. They got to get stops. They got to stay yeah. in front of their man. Yeah, like and bipolar outlier numbers don't stay bipolar outlier numbers mm-hmm. for long, right? Um, so I I I think you're right. They have been in a position to win. They will not be this bad in catch and shoot situations. Off season gamble on Christian Wood is fantastic. Jalen thing wasn't up to us. Not a decision we were allowed to make. So. That, one, that one was in God's hands, Mike. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was a good vibe check, I guess. I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of like all yeah. worked up. Yeah. Uh, I think we're good. Yeah, but this was good. This is good. Hope you all had a very fantastic Thanksgiving. Hope you have a great weekend wherever you are in the great wide world. This has been The Ceiling is the Roof. Stick around. He's coming up next. We got the corner three with me and Katya. 
here on Studio 41 Radio. Ba 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 basketball, gimme gimme gimme. On 97.1 The Freak. I'm gonna and the Mavs YouTube channel. 